Let's do it. This is Buccaneers Total Access, Total Access. with head coach Bruce Arians. Todd ball at the 25, 20, 15, 10, Mike Evans, touchdown Tampa Bay. Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Bruce Arians. Welcome into the Bruce Arians show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians. Uh, I know not the outcome you guys were hoping for, but I have to imagine that uh, you you learned a lot about your team with that comeback and the fact that they didn't let the game get away from them. So what did you feel like that showed you about who these guys are? Yeah, I think our our guys are going to fight. It's a 60 minute game. We got to quit getting behind in the first quarter, but I know we're going to fight. We made great adjustments at halftime and, uh, and played really good. We just, we left, we left some scoring opportunities out there that we should have scored points on. I'm sure that just saying, oh, what's been the difference in the first quarter is a complicated question and one that I'm sure you'd say if you knew the answer, you guys would have already done things differently. But have you at least been able to figure out any kind of consistent themes or, or, or individual things you can point to of why the first quarter has been so different? We're just not making enough adjustments early in ball games on third down. Teams that game plan you certain ways, and then we've got to make better adjustments, uh, uh, all 11 guys, and uh, to, to convert those – very manageable third downs in the first quarter to maintain possession. And I have to imagine one of the uh, bright spots of the game for you was that you guys were able to hit a few more deep balls. That uh, I think uh, Tom was about four of eight on throws over 20 yards or so. There was the 44-yarder to Godwin, a 48 to Gronk, a 31 to Mike Evans. Um, what did you feel like was, was a little bit different in that regard for this game as compared to some of the recent weeks? That's just better protection. And again, 11 guys playing, and, and, and everybody on the same page. And Tom delivering the ball perfectly. And you mentioned the protection, uh, getting Ali Marpet back, getting Donovan Smith back. Um, tell us just what that has meant to this offensive line and, and also take us through the decision process of when you knew each of those guys would be available and how those decisions were made. Well, Ali practiced most of the week, but it was a very soft practices. And uh, we, we found out that he would go Saturday morning. He, he cleared the protocol Saturday morning. Donovan, I didn't think would play. Uh, he showed up in a walking boot, went out, Gave it, a, gave it a shot and said, hey, I can, I can play. Maybe I'll get through a half. I don't know if I can get through the game. I said, hey, the half is good for me. I mean, and he played the whole game and played really, really well. So really proud of both those guys. You've had so many guys playing through and fighting through injuries this year. I mean, I think that a lot of fans even forget guys like Chris Godwin is still playing with a, a broken finger. And um, what does that mean for you as a coach when you see that from your guys? And, and what can that do in, in the course of a season as you get – late in a year like this and have such a late bye week. Yeah, I mean, you knew it was going to happen. Having that late bye week, guys are going to have to, to play with some injuries and pain, and uh, our guys have sucked it up. And, uh, again, can't say enough about them, especially Chris. I mean, Chris could have sat out all that time. Anybody else, most of the guys would. And he just, you know, tapes a splint on and let's go, and he never drops a ball. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. He finished with 97 yards. Uh, what did you see that worked so well for him in that game against the Chiefs? Yeah, they, uh, he worked the middle of the field really, really well. And uh, Tom found him. Uh, I thought Chris played an outstanding ball game, blocking and receiving. And uh, again, um, when we can find him in the middle of the field, he's going to do a lot of damage. And Mike Evans added another two touchdowns. I mean, it just feels like he is so automatic when it comes to that. So can you take us through each of his touchdowns and what worked on those plays? Yeah, the fourth down play was uh, a little out and up play. They jammed everybody to the left, and, and Mike put a great move on the corner. And again, Tom put a, a dime on him on the out and up and got the touchdown. 
the other one, again, we had a little stack play to the left. He beat his man so fast off line guy, grabbed his face mask. And again, Tom put it on him. So yeah, Mike, Mike's playing really, really well. And specifically in the end zone, I mean, why is that such an area that you know he's that automatic? I mean, he's now tied for second in the league with 11 receiving touchdowns. And I think he's only the third wide receiver in Brady's career to have at least 10 in a season. So that's, that's saying something about not only what Mike can do in the end zone, but his connection with Brady when it comes to the end zone. What have you seen about why that has been so successful for the two of them this year? They put a lot of work in down there, a lot of work in there all year. And, uh, but Mike's a big target. And uh, he's also quick off the ball. He can get his releases. And, he, and he's, he's an easy target to hit. And uh, Tom's done a great job delivering it to him. And it was Gronk's first 100-yard game uh, as a Buccaneer. So what particularly did you see from how the Chiefs were playing him or what you guys were doing offensively that led to that kind of a game for him? Uh, yeah, a couple of times they went double-double to the outside and, and opened up the middle. That's why Chris was uh, so good. And, again, Gronk was so good. Uh, found him down the middle twice and a big play action pass over the top on the crossing route. Great protection on that play. When when a guy has to run that far, you know, the offensive line and the other tight ends doing a heck of a job protecting. Yeah. And, and take us through specifically those, the, especially the two big yard gain plays, the 48 yarder and the 29 yarder and, and what Gronk specifically did uh, that, that made those so impressive and so good. Yeah, for him, it was just running straight line fast. I mean, he, the middle linebacker kind of just went under him and he ran right past him. Uh, and split the two safeties. The other was a deep crossing route. Mike cleared out and uh, took two guys, the corner and the safety out in the zone. And then we had a, a, a drag route underneath. So Gronk did a great job of keep keep climbing into that zone and put a, Tom put a great ball on it. And there were three targets, I think, for Antonio Brown, one for Scotty Miller. I know Antonio Brown in particular had been targeted a few more times in these recent games. What was it about the game plan on Sunday that didn't lend itself quite as much to the two of them getting as many targets? Yeah, this was another one where there, a lot of times there was dubbing the two outside guys. And, and we knew the inside guys were going to have to make a lot of money for us. And they did. I thought the inside game was great. Um, it just happens that way. Depends where the, you know, the coverage dictate where the ball goes. We don't, we don't dictate where the ball goes. And two interceptions uh, for Brady on the game. Can you take us through those two plays and, and what led to those? Yeah, one was a, a blitz zero coverage and uh, Mike ran more of a slant and he should have went straight up, but the ball hit the guy in the helmet and uh, just, just one of those really weird things that happened because it, it would have been a good play. And uh, the other, we just missed a protection, Tyron blitz off the edge and, got an up and under move and uh, just forced him off his spot enough where he couldn't get enough on the ball. And Ronald Jones, that 37 yard uh, career for his first career uh, touchdown reception and his little tiptoe down the sideline. I mean, I felt like that was a play that really showed um, his potential, the, some of the glitz and glamor of, of the way that he can play at times. And, and I wanted to hear for you watching that play, uh, what was going through your mind and, and what that says about the kind of player he is when that specific play. Yeah, when we can get the ball to him in the passing game, he can do a lot of damage. And, uh, you know, he, he's capable of that. And when he goes, he was so fast, I think he shocked him all how fast he was down that sideline. And then his balance was incredible. Yeah, I thought Rowe ran the ball really, really well. And, again, if we don't fall behind three scores in the second half, uh, we can stay with the running game more. Yeah, and, and like you mentioned, I know you guys would have liked to have been able to go to it more with the parts that you did use the running game in. How did you feel like it looked, and, and how did you feel like the, the different guys you called upon performed? Yeah, that was good. I thought it was a good job staying with the game plan and keeping the run involved. And, uh, you know, I think three the three really big drives, not getting the touchdown on the first drive of the, of the first, second half, 
and settling for a field goal. And then the two times we were in scoring inside the scoring zone area, we didn't come out with anything. You know, that were the two turnovers. And uh, those six points would have been huge in this game. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians. And, uh, you know, having Allie and Donovan back in the lineup first time in, in a while that you got to see your entire starting offensive line back there together. Uh, I wanted to hear how you felt like their performance was overall run game, pass game, and, and big picture. Running game was outstanding. And uh, passing game, uh, it was it was solid most of the night. There were a couple of blitzes that we, we didn't handle very well. Uh, when the running back and uh, and a cross cross blitz inside um, that puts them too much pressure, we're going to handle that better. And I know that you've you've mentioned the struggle on third downs offensively, especially early. Um, what are some of the things that you guys can do to try to make those a little bit more manageable or more efficient? And um, some of the the guys on the team that really could be able to to step up in that role. Yeah, we can't get them any more manageable. I think each and every one of them was six or less, and uh, we just got to we got to do a better job when teams are going to blitz us of handling the blitz receiver protection and quarterback all together, it's 11 guys out there when it's not just finger pointing at one guy, it's, it's 11 guys. When the, when teams are blitzing, it takes everybody. And of course, Tyreek Hill finished with 269 yards, 200 of them in the first quarter. Um, explain why he is so tough to guard. What, what makes him such an effective wide receiver? Well, he's four, two, and he doesn't drop the ball very often. And, uh, you know, Carlton's, really fast he got beat on a double move on the first one and we can't allow the quarterback can't have that much time if we're blitzing and putting him in man-to-man the, the ball's got to come out under three and I think it was about 3.5 and you know he, he got beat on a double move for a long ball and then that safety he outran the safety also uh two of the other ones were great throws I mean he's plastered next to the guy and uh Patrick just put two great balls in there so overall, you feel like, it, I feel like these are the plays where people notice the DB that's guarding him, but there is a lot more to it than it just being about Carlton. Overall, how do you feel like looking at Carlton's performance, the defense overall, what, where, where's some of the idea of how much that was on Carlton versus other people? Well, the pass rush has got to get home. And uh, again, the safety could have helped him more. Um, sometimes you don't get any help. You just got to man up and, co- and cover your guy, even if he's a great player. Because I think Carlton's a great player. And uh, so we got to do a better job there. I thought our defense did a great job of adjusting and holding them to, to the points we did in the second half. And, and our red zone defense was outstanding, holding them to field goals. Just those, those big plays cost us. Um, I know you were missing Jamel Dean in the game because of the concussion. Uh, Ross Cockrell stepped in for him. And I wanted to hear what you've seen about you know, missing Jamel Dean, what that means to your defense overall, and maybe specifically against a team like the Chiefs when they are a speedier group and he's going to be one of your faster DBs. Yeah, we always miss Jamel. When you're missing starters, it's, it's, it's crucial, especially when you're playing a team with that many wideouts who are so good. I thought Ross stepped in and did a heck of a job, especially playing the nickel, put Sean back outside. And Sean, you know, it's a shame he lost his interception on that penalty. Um, but, um, yeah, those guys, I think we obviously miss him. But I thought especially Ross did a good job. And speaking of that interception that was negated, there were two of those where you guys were going to be able to have interceptions and they were negated by penalties. Um, take us through both of those plays and, and what you saw in those from a positive standpoint of it was basically an interception and then, and then the, the negative of, of what got it negated. Well, I think one, Patrick knew that we had jumped offside. So he, he just took a chance and threw it because he knew he was going to get a penalty. Uh, and, and we jumped offside three times and we just can't, cannot do that. The other, I thought was... Very questionable call on JPP. I thought when he reached for the quarterback, he hit his arm and the arm grazed his helmet. 
Uh, I didn't think it was a forcible blow to his to his head. And again, Sean made a great interception. Uh, that one, they don't score, but it took almost four minutes off the clock by the time we got the ball back, which was huge at the end of the game. Yeah, that's a really great point. And I know you've harped so much on the pre-snap penalties this year, and it, it has been um, really great since that Chicago game. This still wasn't a huge penalty game in terms of lots of penalties and yards, but I, I feel like some of them were definitely in some key moments. How did you feel overall about um, how clean the game was and, and how you felt about some of those penalties? Yeah, I think we got to do a better job. We cannot jump off sides. we got to watch the ball. And then our defensive coaches preach it all the time, and they're just – we can't have it. Other penalties are going to happen. I thought Donovan – I mean, the Alley's one holding penalty was a little ticky-tacky. Uh, I think there was some missed. Uh, but the big one for me was JPP's roughing the passer penalty. I just – I didn't think it was a penalty. I know it, it can feel kind of tough to looking at the defensive performance, knowing that Mahomes had, you know, 462 yards, but the defense did have uh, some really big stops with goal to go, making him throw it away several times, uh, key times holding them to a field goal or making them punt several times in a row. So looking at all of that together, how do you evaluate the defensive performance on the whole? We just got to get off to a better start. We're not, we're, ma we're not matching teams best plays. When you, you know, every year, every week, the coordinator, whoever's calling plays, has got his top 15 that he's going to start with. And we're not matching it. We're not matching our, the speed of it. Um, we've given up too many early touchdowns and making us play from behind. Then we then we adjust and play really well. Probably the best second half's defense in the league right now. But uh, we got to play better in the first quarter. And how did you feel about the way that you guys uh, handled their run game? That's definitely an area they've done really well in this year. Have that rookie, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's had some big games for them. Um, overall, how did you feel like you were able to hold them in the run game? Oh, I think we stopped that really, really, really well. It was the quarterback uh, who got us in the run game. Uh, when you look at the rushing yards, the one option play and then uh, the scrambling, uh, especially at the end of the game, making those first downs was huge for them. But uh, the two running backs, I thought we stuffed them pretty good. And as much as I know, we talked about that JPP penalty that was unfortunate, but he did add um, a sack and you also had Shaq getting a, a sack and forced fumble. Um, how did you feel like the, the two of them played and considering how challenging the Chiefs are to get a lot of pressure because of all the different options and things that they can do and how mobile a guy like Mahomes is. Yeah, I thought both outside linebackers had really good ball games. And that was a big sack fumble for us, stopped the momentum. We got a touchdown and really turned the ball game back around for us. I wish we'd have got a little more pressure. We got real close a couple of times, but again, he just keeps backpedaling. And there's no other quarterback I've ever seen that can just backpedal, backpedal, and then throw it accurately down the field, way down the field. Yeah, and how does that affect what you guys try to do on defense or are able to do? Um, what are the things about Mahomes that are such unique challenges and how it can change the way you guys use your normal game plan? But so you have to rush. You're not going to sit there and just wait for him. you got to go after him, but you have to have some discipline. We did contain him. They need to go underneath us and, and got out a couple of times, especially in that fourth quarter drive. And that was Shaq's eighth forced fumble since the start of last year. And it's tied for the most in the NFL in that span. It's one thing to get sacks. It's one thing to get, you know, QB hits and pressure, but to get it, you know, that many forced fumbles as well. Why has he been so good at, at combining that with all of his other impressive stats? Yeah. Coming off that backside, sometimes he's great at chopping the quarterback's arm and he's got great quickness and he, he does a great job of timing it up and, and knocking the ball out. And they were each uh, moved around a little bit that it seemed like Shaq was facing the left tackle a little bit more, playing from that right side a little bit more like he did last season. Uh, was that a decision based on Shaq's strengths and JPP's strengths or what the Chiefs were doing? What, what all factored into that decision? 
yeah, Casey does a good job matching those guys up in, in pass rush situations so that one guy doesn't get a beat on him and uh, flip-flopping, and they've done a lot of that this year. And we saw the great play by Ryan Smith on coverage team. I know he's a guy that you guys really brag on in that realm a lot, but he hasn't gotten his name called as much this year, usually because he's getting double or triple teamed out there as he tries to run down. So um, take us through that play and, and how great that was and just what he has meant to special teams so far. Yeah, he's our bell cow on special teams. And anytime he gets singled, uh, we know there's going to be a play made. And uh, the guy took a risk, not fair catching it. And, uh, and he timed it up perfect, his bang, bang. And then the rest of the time, he was double teamed, but he still got down there. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians. Uh, I'm sure that it's like, finally, we have a bye week. I mean, this has just been such a long stretch, 12 weeks in a row. I'm sure the guys are feeling it. So for you, what are the pros and cons of having a bye week this late? Well, there's the only pros is that uh, we needed it bad. And uh, the cons are a bunch. We, it's much better to have around week seven. We can split the season in half. Uh, again, we've had some guys just gut it up and play hurt and uh, play with pain, but uh, that's huge. The biggest thing for us this week is, is, is not anything other than get rest and beat the virus. Every team that's had a bye almost this year has come back with some form of case of the virus is spreading. And I told our guys, we got, we got big four ball games coming up. We can't have six or seven guys sitting home because of the virus. We, we've got to be very careful this week. Yeah, and what are the ways that you guys as coaches uh, use the bye week? We always hear about it for the players and them getting rested and all of that, but uh, for you guys, I know it's not exactly just a week of vacation. No, the big thing is we do a self-scout every week. Uh, we just go back and look a little bit more of it, add this ball game to it. Obviously, great to film and everything, and we'll have virtual meetings with the players on that individually, and then start getting ready for the, for the final stretch. Uh, looking at the Vikings, we have some guys looking at the Falcons and Detroit, so we're getting uh, advanced scouting on all of them. But again, get our game plan ready for the Vikings, have our guys rested, and, and get back to it next week. And so I know you guys probably haven't gotten uh, as much into the Vikings yet as you would have uh, in a normal time because of the bye week. But from right now, what are the big things that you know about? You know, I mean, they, they've got several offensive weapons, and starting with guys like Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, Kirk Cousins, what, what are the things looking at those guys that you already know you're going to have to be game planning for? Stop the run. You know, the Vikings, they're, they're built on the run, the run and the play action. Uh, we've been good at stopping the run all year. We've got to do a better job against the bootlegs and the explosive plays, especially if Jeff, Justin Jefferson plays and Adam Thielen. So they've got good weapons down the field on the bootlegs, but it all starts stopping the run against them. All right. Well, thank you so much, Coach, for taking the time with us, and we hope you get some good rest and enjoy that bye week. All right. Thank you. This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians, brought to you by Advent Health. We will be right back with outside linebacker coach Larry Foote, so don't go anywhere. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. Now more with head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. We had head coach Bruce Arians with us the first half of the show, and now I am so excited to be joined by outside linebacker coach Larry Foote. Coach, thanks for being with us. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, so, uh, first of all, with the Chiefs game, how did you feel like your group of guys played? Uh, they played hard. Uh, you know, uh, not perfect, but they played hard. I thought they put good pressure on the quarterback. A uh, couple penalties that hurt us a little bit early on. Uh, Shaq jumped off sides. Uh, Jason, uh, the rough in the passer, hit the quarterback in the head. Uh, that was a tough call. You know, coaching point, don't, you know, just don't raise your arms. You got to be careful. We know the league is going to do all they can to uh, protect the quarterback. You can't touch the, the helmet. Yeah, touch I, 
it seemed like Jason was uh, not super pleased with the call on the yeah. field, but it sounds like you guys, I mean, I think that's pretty standard. Players never seem to think that they did whatever the flag was thrown well, for. On the Jumbotron, I was kind of in agreement with him. On the Jumbotron, you see just the shoulder pad, but looking at it this morning, he might have grazed the helmet, like part of it. I think the quarterback sold it a little bit and the referee bit it. That's true. And that's all it takes sometimes. Um, I noticed in the game, it seemed like you guys had moved Shaq back over more to the right side, going against the left tackle, which was a little bit more of where he had been last season, especially because of JPP's absence. Um, Was that a this game specific thing? Was that a looking at where he'd had more success, you know, maybe last year? What were some of the decisions with that? No, it was just more Jason's a more of a a power rusher. So he can keep uh, Mahomes. You don't want him scrambling to the right. He's more dangerous scrambling to the right. Everybody knows he can scramble anywhere, but you want him going to his left opposed to his right. So we just mixed around uh, the front a little bit. And take us through the uh, sack fumble that Shaq had. And then I know JPP added another sack. Take us through a couple of those plays and and what worked well on that. It's a great move. One of Shaq's signature move set the tackle down and beat, uh, got on the edge and uh, was looking for the ball, you know, uh, those guys do a good job. I stress, you know, get the ball. And uh, you can kind of kill two birds with one stone as far as you don't hit – you don't rough the uh, quarterback. You don't hit him in the head if you just concentrate on that ball. And uh, he made a big-time play for us. And uh, Jason uh, came back. Quarterback was trying to step up and escape, and he came back around, kept his eyes on him, and uh, got the quarterback down for us. And you mentioned the idea of JPP's strengths on what kind of rushing he would do. You mentioned Shaq having a, a signature move. What are the, the biggest um, characteristics that each of them have that make them so good at what they do? What are some of those features that and the, the strengths one of them has over the other one, things like that? Well, Shaq has a great get-off. Uh, he can bend. Um, some of the scout talk, he, you know, he got flexible ankles, as they would say. <laughs> But uh, he, he can beat you in a lot of different angles. For a smaller guy, he also has pop, too. That's what makes him uh, effective. He got a great get-off. Sometimes that get-off gets him in trouble a little bit pre-snap. But he, he knows how to rush. Uh, he does a great job with his angles and his feet always pointing towards the quarterback. Jason's a, a bigger guy, strong. Uh, what makes him unique as far as a 6'5 guy, you know, he can move like a little guy. And that's when, you know, his advantage, he can shake you a little bit and he also can uh, run through you. And just his length, you know, uh, just causes problems for tackles. And uh, his motor, I would say, probably is his strength. Yeah, and you you brought up the fact that Shaq has been caught a few times jumping a little early. And I was wondering, I know that Coach harps all the time on pre-snap penalties and that that's something you guys don't want. But is that almost just a um factor that'll happen with a guy that is trying to have good get off like how much of that are you sort of okay with knowing that it also pays off on a lot of other plays well you don't want it on third down you don't want it on third down and uh you definitely got to be careful because we're in empty arenas so the voice inflection is that much louder but you got to be disciplined and you know if it's on tape and you got a history of it you're going to get it the problem is being out there, you get in the flow of things. So you can have a quarter and a half with the same rhythm and snap count, and all of a sudden, you know, he pauses and you be offside. So it's a discipline thing that uh, he got to do better. Everybody has to do better. But uh, you got to just sit in there, trust your talents, as I always tell them, and just watch the ball. Yeah, that's interesting. You brought up the playing, you know, without – 
crowds that it's it's been interesting to hear all the different ways that's affected both sides of the ball being able to hear so much better um what have you been telling your guys about that unique aspect of this year well one you gotta you know it's high def you gotta be disciplined you gotta bring your own energy no fans in there it does have it helps us far as you know i can scream while the quarterback in this case just reminding those guys those uh, assignments and you know jason interception a couple weeks ago i was screaming against carolina he he said he didn't hear me so i get no credit but i was just screaming just reminding them guys about the little details and that is an advantage that we can have from the sideline yelling at them guys and they can actually hear I'm sure that even though he says he didn't hear, there was something subliminal getting in there. So we'll we'll still give you some of the credit for that. <laughs> no, he, he is definitely, this year, he's been dropping well. Uh, you know, a guy who never did it. And last year was his first year ever being asked to do that on a consistent basis. And uh, he's turning, you know, I call him a linebacker now. He's not just a DN, he's a real linebacker. Yeah, he's he's earned his place in that in that room as well, which is uh, pretty impressive. And I, I, I feel like at this point, JPP could, play anything on the field you can stick him at any position I mean it, it's just unbelievable what he's been able to do and, and especially for as long in his career as he did play something a little different how impressive is it what he gets asked to do in this defense and the fact that he has been able to come up with some interceptions and be dropping back in coverage well you have uh coach Caldwell he's been you know since his uh interceptions been occurring lately he's been asking him do you want me to help your inside backers how to drop you want me to teach them how to do it <laughs> But it's amazing. He's a freaky athlete. Uh, he's a guy that loves to play the game. He loves, uh, you know, you got to protect him a little bit. He is in his 30s. He don't want to hear that as times. It's like pulling teeth to get him off the field to take a break. But, yeah, you know, he's fun to coach. He brings that energy. I I'm uh, impressed how he's been evolving into a linebacker. We're talking to outside linebacker coach Larry Foote. Um, I, I do think that it is so funny to hear these stories of JPP seems like he is always talking. Is oh, is that fair? Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, I said, oh, we're not going to hear the end of this when he got that first pick against Carolina. <laughs> All week long, you know, in the meeting room, like, hold up, coach, let me tell them how to do it. And, uh, you know, he, he's definitely excited. Which is great. And And how much of an impact does that have on a team when you have a guy with his energy and his enthusiasm and and voc you know just how vocal he is um how do you see that affect the other guys in specifically your room and, and maybe even across the team overall well anytime you got an older guy who had a lot of success in this league and he brings that type of energy that's what you look for you want a veteran that that, that uh plays hard rubs off on the young guys young guys can see hey if i want to make it to that level it's the type of commitment you got to bring uh each day and uh, he's a blast, you know, uh, to coach. I mean, keep you up at night every now and then, but uh, that's just his personality. <laughs> and when you got that type of talent, I think any coach will welcome that challenge of coaching him. And uh, he loves the game. You know, he's not selfish. Uh, he's a team guy, and guys feed off of him. And going against Patrick Mahomes, you talked about how you kind of switched things up of where you played the guys because of his strengths. Overall, what were the biggest things that um, he specifically brings to a game that made you guys uh, switch things up? And just what what does he like to prepare for, I guess, as a defensive coach? It's very difficult uh, just being in this league and his arm strength. What people don't understand, a normal like eight to nine uh, yards pocket he can drop back to 14 yards, 15 yards, and throw the ball 50 yards. 
So people, I mean, it's hard to sit there and try to figure out how to rush him. Then you think like, oh man, he's going to drift. Let me get high. Then he'll slip underneath you and throw a bomb. So you got to really be disciplined and rush him with his, uh, with your eyes and see where he's at at all times. But the main thing you see him, like we all know his arm strength, but people don't put in a, in the account that he drifts back 15 yards and can throw it another 50 yards. And, uh, he can make all the throws. He's definitely uh, one of the, you know, probably the most unique quarterback that this league has ever seen. And it makes it hard for you guys to just be able to, you know, pin your ears back and go that you, I'm sure that it makes it where there's a lot more turf that you have to really be aware of and defend. Um, how about against their run game that, that, you know, they had been doing really well with that. And we know that this team has uh, been great at run defense for the entirety of, of your staff being here. Um, how did you feel like you guys did against, you know, Clyde Edwards of Lair and Le'Veon Bell and, and what they'd been able to do so far? Uh, we did great. I mean, as you've seen the game, you know, uh, you got to play too high. You got to be light in the box versus them because of the threats on the outside. And our guys held up. They did a great job. We were outnumbered in the box. You know, our front, you know, our front seven was dominating in the run game. You know, they're going to pop some just by having the numbers. But uh, everybody just got to figure out how to get the running back down. And Casey did a good job with them guys slowing them, uh, the running backs down as far as just hitting north and south as soon as they get the ball. But when you play those guys, you got to be soft in the box and just try to basically weather the storm a little bit. And, you know, why should Kansas City change if they got those weapons in that quarterback? Yeah, and you know, I was thinking how often for fans, the biggest way that um, – your position group gets judged is on sacks. That's, you know, that's the big thing that people see those numbers and, and notice that in the game. But I wanted to hear for you, how do you measure success? Cause I know sacks definitely are, are a big element of it, but what are all of the elements that, that get brought in and, and how do you determine how well you feel like a guy has played? Well, sacks definitely, especially when it's a uh, negotiation time for <laughs> getting money. <laughs> sacks is definitely the premium, but you know, sacks is a full, the truth be told, sacks is a total uh, 11 men on defense as far as the back end. If you're not covering the quarterback, it's throwing the ball. So a lot of the majority of sacks, and I show them guys uh, tapes of even the best. Von Miller, all them guys who got hundreds uh, of sacks. You know, normally they're going to come with the quarterback holding the ball. So it go hand in hand on the back end. My thing is, as defensive end and outside linebackers, they got to be able to stop the run first. So if you don't do that, you're not going to be able to hit the quarterback. So I demand them of that, like, hey, play it the right way. You know, you see oftentimes I always point out other defenses with defensive ends just go, get off the uh, – get upfield and the running back is running right underneath them. So you got to be able to play the run first. You got to be disciplined, then pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. But uh, I look at them guys, if you can't play the run and you got 10 or 12 sacks, you know, you're, you're really hurting your team anyway. So, but pressures, you always want to win. When you watch the film, you want to see guys winning. If quarterback holds it or you get the chance to hit them, you know, it can always vary. And, you know, I would tell Shaq last year you had 19 sacks or whatnot. Then you only got like five or six so far. But years, it can always change with sack numbers. You got to just watch your tape, evaluate it, be critical, make sure you're winning. You can't always just go off with a sack number. All right. Well, we have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with outside linebacker coach Larry Foote, brought to you by Advent Health. We'll be right back. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. 
You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health with head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks insider Casey Phillips. Welcome back to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. We are here with outside linebacker coach Larry Foote. Uh, we were just talking about how you evaluate um, specifically your guys, and you mentioned how important the run game is not just sacks. So um, I figured we'd just start with that of both, you know, all of your guys this season looking for the entirety of the year, run game and pass game. Where do you feel like they have fallen? How do you feel like, you know, you just the confidence level you have in both of those areas and, and where have they maybe been doing their best? Well, we didn't have some last couple of weeks. We didn't uh, got lit up a little bit. Uh, and ain't just the back end. A lot of times, you know, we haven't won up front. Quarterback had, uh, you know, too much time. We're still a young defense. Uh, what I'm more impressed with the last couple of weeks, just the second half, the way we played and we responded. And that's the main thing in football. You want your team to respond. No matter how the game started or what happened or what, you know, referees calling flags or what the other side of the ball is doing, you want them to respond. And, and those guys are doing that. The disappointing part last night was we didn't get our – the fourth quarter, we didn't get the ball back to our offense, and that was disappointing. We got to learn. We got to we got to grow from it. It's a lot of football left. I'm very encouraged and excited because, you know, back in 05, we were the first team when I was playing with the Steelers to go on the road and win the Super Bowl. So records don't really uh, records don't really mean nothing. You really want that ticket, and uh, no matter what your record is, you just want to figure out to. Uh, you know, scratch one win off and get this thing going. But you want to just make it, get a ticket, get into the dance, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. So guys got to, you know, I've been in this situation in December where, what are we doing in, what are we doing in the off season? And getting ready for exit means don't not want to get hurt. So everything's still in front of us, and we just got to keep punching, keep punching the clock. Yeah, still plenty of games left for sure. Um, you know, I, I wanted to talk about Shaq and how you feel like he um, has been playing this year as compared to last year. Where are some of the areas that maybe he has grown? Or, uh, you know, of course, again, we talked about how everybody focuses so much on the sack numbers and we know they're not quite where they were last year. But, I mean, good grief, that was an almost impossible number to get for a year, much less two years in a row. So, uh, for you, how have you evaluated the way that he has played this year? Uh, he's still rock solid. He's still, you know, he demands to get a double team. You got to slide to him. You got to chip him. You know, a lot of offense, if you watch it, they, they go to a more quick game to get the ball out the hands. You know, the quarterback to avoid uh, Shaq and JPP putting pressure on him. Uh, so, but he's still rock solid. I will always say the whole league dealing with it, we ain't had a, a spring. You know, uh, I don't think this is our best ball in the National Football League because guys just sat at home and uh, just watched TV and couldn't practice, didn't want to go outside. We didn't know what was going on with this pandemic and virus. So I don't think we got our best uh, brand out there in this league. And uh, that's every league that's dealing with this pandemic. Yeah, and I wanted to hear for you guys specifically um, how you felt like that offseason affected your position group. I thought it's been really interesting to hear from each different group um, the unique challenges for you guys that we've heard about, you know, the, the quarterback wide receiver chemistry. And um, for, for you guys, what is the biggest challenge of missing that time, missing a lot of those meetings, the time off the field, and then especially even with uh, some of the younger guys that you have in your position, you know, JPP, I feel like he could not do anything forever and it doesn't matter, but how was it different for, for different guys in your room, especially? 
just with Anthony Nelson uh, coming, you know, I think that's the biggest uh, transition, your rookie year to your second year. And just, uh, you know, he missed out on a lot of t uh, time in the playbook, just hearing my voice, just a little uh, details of the defense, guys being on the grass together, the continuity. I think as a whole, just mentally, you know, probably for four or five months, even up in July, people were still speculating it won't be a season, it will be a season. What is it going to be like? So I think that hurt, you know, uh, our league just from a mental standpoint. But guys are adapting, no excuse, because everybody got the same, you know, playing field. So, but I think that that hurt my room and every every other room. There's guys in at their best. Yeah, and, and Anthony Nelson, I I do feel for him because I think that um, it's, it did seem like he was really improving after being injured a lot last year and that maybe this was going to be, you know, especially not having Carl Nassib around, that this was going to be more of his emergent year. Um, how have you felt like he has played? How close is he to, to being more of an impact player? And just how comfortable have you guys felt giving him maybe a few more reps this year? I feel good about it. You know, he's uh, rock solid. He's in the same boat I was in as a young guy. You got two studs in front of you. And uh, it's just not that many reps for him. And he got two uh, studs. But he just got to keep punching the clock. And when his opportunity comes, he can't, you know, he got to uh, thrive in it. And I know he will. He's ready. And just the reps he's getting, he's producing for us. Uh, he's long. He's a big athlete. I like the energy he brings. He's a four. Uh, he plays on all the special teams. I'm, I'm impressed with him. Yeah, and another guy you've got playing a lot of uh, getting his reps and maybe his roster spot a lot thanks to special teams is Cam Gill. But um, I just wanted to hear a little bit about his potential as an outside linebacker and just as a player overall and how impressive it was to even have him have a chance at making the roster. He's from, you know, Wagner, this school that most people hadn't even heard of. And then you do have all the weird offseason stuff. He doesn't get the chance, like you know, all the rookies were facing this year. And just how impressed you were that he was able to make enough of a splash in the limited reps he had to make the team? Well, Cam is a great athlete. He's a no-nonsense guy out there in between the lines. Uh, and only thing we really had were, like, in special teams or, like, one-on-one -on -one against other guys on our team. And, you know, he has that demeanor that you look for. He has a little bit of a chip on the shoulder, come from a small school, and he got to prove it. And he's a good athlete. He can rush. He was winning one-on-ones. Uh, Against the old lineman, he's strong, a uh, little smaller guy. Got to put on a little weight and, uh, you know, not to get bounced around in there. But he's sharp. He's, uh, he's a student of the game. He spends extra time. He's not a typical rookie where you got to yell at the whole time during the meeting room making sure. You know, I do got to get him off his Twitter and Instagram from time to time. <laughs> But I'm, I'm very that's impressed. That's something with you uh, you deal with that plenty as it is. Yeah. This where you're you're basically the old man talking about the the youngins right. won't get off their devices. <laughs> oh, so as soon as you say break time, he he pulls his phone out immediately, and, <laughs> and they are I'm telling you they are hooked to it. But uh, I love the way what he brings, and uh, he has a bright future in this league. That's great. We're talking to outside linebacker coach Larry Foot. Um, so you, you mentioned, you know, Anthony Nelson having to play behind the, the two studs. How have you seen other teams be facing JPP and Shaq now that especially this year, um, it was much more known what they were going to be together. And especially as much as Shaq really put everybody on notice last year, how have you seen other teams try to face them and, and limit them? 
Well, a lot of chips. You seen last night uh, that keep one of their core wide receivers just sitting there the whole time blocking the defensive end, little double team. They get frustrating at times. So, you know, it'd be two-man routes. I think Ty Bowles do a great job adjusting uh, coverage on the back end if teams want to uh, play us like that. But, you know, they're forcing this league. Offenses know it. Uh, quick game, you know. But you just got to keep uh, telling them guys, hey, don't get frustrated. Just keep going. And it's, it's definitely, if you watch last year to this year, it's limited uh, opportunities to really have a legit uh, shot to sack the quarterback. We're doing a good job adapting, but when the plays come, they got to make it. What do you, what do your guys like about playing in Todd Bowles system and, and just overall the unique aspect of being an outside linebacker in, in his system, all the things that guys are asked to do, how it can set them up for success. Uh, you know, just really explain how that could be different compared to maybe just another even three, four. Well, you do a good job as far as looking for matchups. We're not a passive defense. Everybody knows that teams, uh, you hear three, four outside linebacker, a lot of DNs that's making that transition that, you know, they get, scared a little bit but we're normally pushing five uh the game has changed anyway you're only in base defense probably 30 percent of the time so you're going to be a typical defensive end outside uh defensive end uh in our four-man front so Todd looks for matchups uh, you know I played in his defense he looked for matchups and uh, we try to exploit them but if you're a rusher or a linebacker you want to play in this defense because we're going to be aggressive we're going to put you in position to make plays and, you know, I always put pressure on them guys. Three, four teams, you know, normally when you build them, you're big up front. So typically they're putting a lot of pressure on the guys on the end. You've got to bring, you know, you got to put pressure on the quarterback. you got big guys up front that's going to stop the run and, uh, you know, force the quarterback outside. But you guys got to be the ones hitting the quarterback. When three, four teams are not getting pressures, you start there in that room and say what's going on. And uh, those guys are answering the challenge. Yeah, and I, I've, there's been so many different times we've gotten to watch uh, some DB and inside linebacker blitzes thrown in there and uh, just so much of the the creativity and, and unique stuff going on. How much does that help you guys when, like you said, typically almost all the pass rush would be kind of falling on your shoulders, but there have at least been some ways that, you know, inside linebackers, DBs are, are getting in there to, to help with that. You got to mix up. You got to get exotic. Uh, even my guy, like JPP, you know, he, he wants to hit the quarterback and rush, but he like to show off his dropping skills as unique and, uh, you know, passing off crossers. And, you know, they get excited in camp or even in practice when they do it right. They look to the sideline and, uh, you know, stuff they're not used to, but you got to do a good job trying to explain it to them. And guys have fun when new defenses come in, believe it or not. And uh, there's something uh, like early in the year, we had them guys off the ball rushing from the middle. When when you bring that type of that type of style of play, players uh, enjoy that. They enjoy something new, something exotic, something they're not used to. And they also want to, you know, answer the bell. All right, well, we still have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health with outside linebacker coach Larry Foote. So don't go anywhere. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians now continues, brought to you by Advent Health. This is our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. We are here with outside linebacker coach Larry Foote. Uh, I wanted to hear what your thoughts have been on Levante and Devin and their play this year and just overall how much that has affected and impacted uh, your guys and what they're able to do and, and having guys like them be sort of the, the quarterback of the defense. Oh, they are studs. I mean, you see they're both voted captains. 
They can fly. I always joke with Levante saying, uh, you might have you been able to play with us back in Pittsburgh, back in my days with me and James Ferry or whatnot. Every time he make a big play, I say, yeah, you might have took some of my reps. You might have took me off the field on third down. But those guys are studs. They love playing. They, uh, they communicate. They get everybody lined up. They uh, bring the right attitude and mindset. And, uh, you know, I'm not surprised that they were voted captain. And, uh, you know, everybody know I'm a linebacker coach down here, so I get a lot of text messages saying, oh, man, I seen 45. You're doing a great job with Levante, David, and them. Then, you know, sometimes I respond like, no, nah, that, you know, that's my call where I'm coaching outside. But sometimes when I get flooded, I just got to take some of the credit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, that's so honorable of you, you know. It's, it's so honorable. <laughs> that's great. Although I will say, you telling him that he could have played with you guys or maybe taken some of your reps, that's about the best compliment I'm sure that you could give to them. <laughs> how, how about the interior guys on the D-line once Vita was going down? How concerned were you guys? Uh, how did you feel like maybe your guys were going to have to pick up some of the slack? And, and how have they handled missing him this year? You know, when you lose arguably one of the best guys on, on our defense, you know, you can't replace them. Everybody just got to step up their game. Uh, Nacho came in there uh, doing a good job. We knew he could play. We always seen him in just a limited role producing for us. Uh, Ghosting having probably his best season in the league. Sue's uh, amped his stuff up. So guys are just uh, trying to do more to replace uh, a big void in our defense. And uh, can't nobody match what Vita brings. And uh, like B.A. say, the next man up. That's true. And the defense overall, you guys have really been producing the interceptions this year. And again, I'm, I know JPP has continuously reminded everyone he's got two of those. Um, but I wanted to hear what you think it is about the defense overall that not only was it, you know, stopping the run and, and just preventing a lot of that, but causing those turnovers um, getting the interceptions and, and a higher rate than last year at one of the highest rates in the entire league. What has changed to help bring that about? Well, when you put in pressure, uh, it starts up top with our leader, Todd Bowles. When you put in pressure and uh, studying quarterbacks and trying to find their weaknesses and just DBs making plays. I mean, Carlton Davis, I think you got about five of them or four, but guys are the main uh, thing is to catch them. You, know, you see, so oftentimes people just drop them. And we got a few of those that we didn't drop. But guys just uh, carrying out the plan. You know, I know Carlton would bounce back from uh, last night, next week, or, you know, when we get back on the field after our bye week. And that's life in the NFL as a DB. Sometimes, you know, you get the bear, and uh, sometimes it's going to get you. Got to have a short memory in this league. But those guys are doing a great job. Just top old, putting them guys in position to make plays. We're talking to outside linebacker coach Larry Foote. You know, we talked about how the struggle of this offseason and rookies not getting very many snaps. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, I imagine that you guys were a big part in helping get him ready. Um, I know that Tristan mentioned when we had him on a radio show that Shaq gave him sort of that welcome to the NFL moment in one of those early practices. How much have you seen your guys you know, working with him, helping him, and then how he's done against them and against other opponents, just your, your level of confidence in a guy like him? I've probably been in this league close to 20 years. I've never seen an offensive lineman rookie look the way he looks. And I don't care if it's early pick, middle pick, late pick, free agent. And you've seen it day one when he was in there, like, whoa, this kid is different. We, we definitely struck gold with that pick and that guy being there that late in the first round. But he's a stud. He's going to be uh, all pro here on out. Uh, and he just has it. You've seen it. And when Shaq was getting it to him, but it wasn't on plan A. 
it was going plan B, plan C. There wasn't that many off the times when Shaq just cleanly beat him, but Shaq did uh, early on in camp was getting the best out of him, but it wasn't by plan A. It was also plan B and plan C. Shaq knew it like, man, that guy's going to be a, a good one in this league. And you see it uh, each Sunday. And he's been going against the best and holding his own. We did a, a great job by, by picking him. I, I wanted to hear also about just watching, you know, Tom Brady in practice and where you've seen him help uh, the defense, you know, the offense, both sides, what he, you know, off, on the field, off the field, just the, the overall impact that he has uh, in the building so far. Well, you know, six-time Super Bowl champ show up and uh, he's front in the meeting rooms taking notes. I mean, that, that, that tells everybody what time it is. See the intensity brings every practice. It's like he never had a lackluster or, oh, man, Tom don't seem like he's into it today. You've never seen that. He's always into it. And uh, I, I noticed that firsthand back in college in my freshman year what type of uh, leadership that he brings to the team, and especially at that position. And uh, he's a no-nonsense guy, and uh, everybody's responding to him. And what has been your message to your guys now that you finally get the bye week, which I'm sure everybody is very ready for. It's hard to play 12 straight weeks like that. The message for them on the bye week, overall, the, the goals for the last month here of the regular season. Hey, let's figure out a way to get into the playoffs, period. That's what's awesome about this league, and that's why people gravitate to it and fans love it because September, October, November, it don't mean nothing. And uh, you just want to figure out a way to get into the to the playoffs, you know, as a coach and, you know, as a, as a player. Yeah, you want to win every game and have the number one seed and have a bye week and have your feet up. But you got to win the games. You just want a chance at the dance and uh, get invited to it. Well, Coach, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Uh, enjoy the bye week and then good luck against the Vikings after that. I will. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, this has been Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians and outside linebacker coach Larry Foote, brought to you by Advent Health. We'll see you next week. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians has been brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. This is Tampa Bay Sports Radio. 95.3 WDAE and AM620 St. Petersburg. Home of the best box coverage. Deflected in front. Same man. Rebound. Oh. Man. By Vasilevsky on shot. W. To the wall. Go. D. Hit. Fumbles. Loose ball. Bulls have it. A. Meadows slides and makes the catch. E. Touchdown. USF. This is Tampa Bay Sports Radio. Ah! 95.3 WDAE and AM 620.